It is our final episode of Silence and Solitude, and I feel like I'm leaving a bit of a piece of me behind as we finish this journey. It's occupied so much of my headspace over the last two weeks, but I really hope it's been a helpful journey for you. And uh, once we've finished today, it's not going to mean that we've arrived. Obviously, we've got years of practicing and being aware of all the various things that God may do or want us to do in various times of silence and solitude, but trust we've at least uh, been stirred and encouraged to get this practice into our lives in some shape or form and grow from there. And this isn't the end of strange days either, uh, as we are still obviously very much living in unprecedented times during our lockdown, and then obviously the larger COVID-19 story in South Africa and the world. And so Monday, we're going to kick off with some new episodes as Paul Morn talks us through the ancient concept of a rule of life. And then we'll look at the spiritual practice of Sabbath after that. And I'm really looking forward to it um, and looking forward to learning. Uh, I'm getting excited about putting these things more and more into place in my life and seeing little bits of fruit coming from it. And I'm excited about creating almost family traditions is the way I see it, that we'll look back on in years to come and see how they've actually shaped us and formed us. So I'm excited. But for this final episode on silence and solitude, I want us to look at the idea of mission. I'm reminded of a worship song lyric uh, that we sing that goes like this, for the sake of the world, light a fire in me. And this is what hopefully times in the quiet, alone with ourselves and God is going to produce, a fire in our souls that overflows for the good of others. One of the, the early desert fathers of the church, uh, these were a group of early believers who would retreat to the desert for silence and solitude with God. I'm not exactly sure which one said this, but um, they said this, we don't retreat from the world, we retreat for the world. It's such a great quote, it's great perspective. And um, now many of us are probably coming at this spiritual practice from, from different places, right? Some of us are maybe so starved for quality time with God that we don't even have a taste for it, you know? Um, and getting into it is a real struggle, I can totally believe that. And then for others, we might be so deep and uh, loving it so much that we don't ever actually want to leave. And Ruth Barton shares several stories in her book of herself and others who in many ways wanted to never come back to the real world because they were so blown away by their time with God in his presence. Um, but that's not the idea either, to just stay there. Uh, now, the truth is some of us may have more introverted personalities. You know, where retreating away for long periods of time is attractive not only for God, but also just to be away from people. And I get that. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're not called to isolation. And as much as I love people like Brother Lawrence, who I'm going to quote just now, I don't believe that we're called to lock ourselves away in a monastery, you know, away from the world for years. I don't think that's what we see in the New Testament at all. No, the idea for silence and solitude, and we see it in the life of Jesus, is that we go and we get full to be able to give out of fullness, not out of need. Okay, so we're able to bless and serve the world rather than taking from it and trying to fill ourselves with stuff that the world can give us, uh, false gods that aren't going to satisfy our deep longings, money, pleasure, power, whatever it might be. We end up just taking from the world to fill ourselves up. No, but the idea is for this special time with God, this Kairos time like we chatted about before, it serves to make the rest of our time significant too. Okay, so the hope is to be able to grow more and more into becoming people who can be present with God in the company of others. I mean, I've got miles to go with this. I don't even know if I'm able to do this right now. 
But uh, Brother Lawrence, he comes to mind here as a great example. Uh, I've been reading his book uh, in the lockdown, sort of one chapter a day. Uh, his book's called The Practice of the Presence of God. It's a Christian classic. Paul says it's the second most read book since the Bible. Sounds, I, I can totally believe that. But here's a quote from him uh, talking about his time working in the kitchens in a monastery 400 years ago. He says, The time of business does not with me differ from the time of prayer. And in the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in his great tranquility as if I were upon my knees at the blessed sacrament. And the point is not to never have exclusive time with God, okay? Brother Lawrence had tons of that. But is that he's, he's able to bring something of that time with him into everyday life. And we want to be able to bring the, the quietness of solitude into the present moment. That's, that's our hope. Uh, Mark Sayers, who we've been reading a lot of and listening to recently, um, he's often calling us to be what he calls a non-anxious presence to an anxious world. And honestly, is there anything maybe better that we could possibly offer the world around us now than being a non-anxious presence? Okay, what transforming power that might bring to our city and our country what sort of gospel work might that produce in the hearts of our church? What sort of harvest could that maybe reap among friends and family and colleagues who don't yet know Jesus as Lord and Savior? And so although spending time alone in the quiet uh, with ourselves and with God might not change our circumstances around us, it's definitely going to change us, or at least has the potential to change us if we let it. And now let me end our our 10 episodes here with a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a, a pastor, martyr, prophet, spy, to borrow the title of uh, a biography of his, uh, in Germany in World War II. He said this, Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. I love that. It's such a good quote. Okay, so for, for those of us who struggle to be alone with ourselves and with God, uh, make sure we don't just fill up our time with community and people and neglect this important practice of silence and solitude that we've been speaking about. And then perhaps to those of us on the introvert side of the spectrum, make sure you don't love the alone place to the, the degree that you end up neglecting community that we deeply need. The Bible's clear about this. So let's be people who are actively engaged in our community, actively engaged in our world, but whose lives are sort of undergirded with rhythms of silence and solitude, as well as the other practices that help us be loving neighbors and wonderful witnesses of, of, of our Lord Jesus. Father, thank you so much for this journey over the course of this season. I've learned so much and I've been inspired to continue to seek out intentional time with you. Father, by your Holy Spirit, work in us. Draw us close to you in times of solitude. Make us more like Christ as we rest in you. Uh, help us recognize what's going on inside of us. Recognize who we really are, who we truly are. Um, help us to have an encounter with the living God, you who loves us, who died for us, so that we could experience relationship with you, God. God, we thank you for every wonderful spiritual blessing that we have secured in Christ, and that is sealed with the, the promised Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for the gift of life that you've given us. Amen.